you're right. It is something that is going to be remembered 20 years later. But I think there's a lot of different factors that are going to go into, um, you know, if in fact, as you say, it can be walked back. This week, what do you do when you say something you regret, like deeply, deeply regret? Dr. Karen Sherman has advice. Stay tuned. Do you want to make 2017 the best year yet for your marriage? Subscribe to the Hitch newsletter so you can stay up to date with the latest marriage information and tips from the leading experts. Go to hitchedmag.com. There is a gray box on the right-hand side asking for your email address. Click subscribe and you're done. Again, that's hitchedmag.com. You can click the newsletter link to see all the newsletters we offer, or you can fill out your email address in the subscribe box. Click the subscribe button and you're done. Happy New Year. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the original Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, Steve. How are you? I am doing fantastic. Um, I want to remind everyone that you have been, you are listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, who is a practicing psychologist and relationship and lifestyle issues for 30 years. Uh, Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. She is also the author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can get this info at her website, drkarensherman.com. Um... Today, Karen, we are going to talk about. I can't. By the way, sometimes I, I, I come up with some of these uh, podcast topics, and I'm just like, God, I can't believe we haven't done this one before. Uh, <laughs> so today's topic is putting the genie back in the bottle, uh, and what I really mean by that is uh, when you say something. Uh, all all couples, if you are together for any amount of time, you will have disagreements. And hopefully this doesn't happen, but sometimes it does. This is uh, real world stuff here. Sometimes mm-hmm. you will say something that you regret and you wish you hadn't said it. And it might be something that cuts very, very deep. And because you are such um, intimate partners, you know all or most of the skeletons in your spouse and you know how to push those buttons and really hurt some hurt them. Um, and so with that intimacy comes great strength, but it also makes you somewhat vulnerable. Absolutely. And so with that being said, um, if somebody said in the heat of an exchange or something, you say something that you really wish you hadn't, such as you ruined my life or I wish I never married you, what do you do if you hear those words come out of your mouth and you're just like, oh, I think I just went too far? That would be a good response. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, you know, what how's that being for being articulate? (laughs) What's happening, first of all, is that you're being overtaken by your emotions. And unfortunately, when that happens, you're not thinking clearly. Emotions will override clear thinking. And you don't mean to say what, you know, comes out of your mouth. It just sort of falls out. And so unfortunately, you know, in the heat of the moment, things do slip out of your mouth. 
um, and you don't mean it. You know, you did you did go too far. Um, it was just something that was said without thinking. So, you know, when it when the words come out and you hear them, the best thing to do if you have your wits about you is to say something like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe I just said that," or I, I, "I'm just so sorry." My, I'm obviously being very emotional and I really don't mean that. Unfortunately, I think for most of us, when we are really, really upset, we don't even have the ability to say something that quickly to sort of pull it back that fast. So if you've, if you've gotten to that point where you make such a statement, the pot has already boiled over and there's no putting the water back in. Yeah, unfortunately, I think that that is the case. That's likely what the situation is going to be. Okay. And so, but but if you said if um, you do happen to be able to maintain your wits about you, um, rather than this has clearly gotten too heated, I need to take a, take a step back and leave, it would be appropriate to at least make an attempt to address it and... and and offer some uh, semblance of regret at that moment before you sure. remove yourself? Sure, absolutely. I okay. mean, if you can do that, that would be great. But again, I think that it's highly unlikely that if you have gotten to the point where, you know, really um, hurtful words like that have come out, that you're going to have enough wits about you that you'll be able to say something that's going to really somewhat salvage the mm. situation if you say something like i wish i never married you um or something along those lines that is just ugh, right to the heart can you ever walk back a statement like that i mean when i when i was writing this i was just thinking something like that is one of those things that people will recall 20 years later you're right relationship you're right it is something that is going to be remembered 20 years later. But I think there's a lot of different factors that are going to go into, um, you know, if in fact, as you say, it can be walked back. Um, number one is how quickly the person who said those words um, makes some kind of an apology, what the apology sounds like, um, what the rest of the relationship looks like, um, what um, the emotional baggage is of the person who heard those words. So there's a lot of different factors. We can't just say absolutely, you know, it's going to destroy the relationship or no, no, it'll be fine. You know, you just have to apologize. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you were the person who said this, mm -hmm. what should your immediate response be and we just talked about you know not really having your wits in the heat of the moment but you know things blew up you both parted ways and then it hit you oh crap i mm -hmm. really screwed up on this one so what what should you do at that moment okay so best case scenario i am really so so sorry i i'm upset i'm not going to deny that you know, I am upset, and in the moment, I, I said something that's very hurtful to you, and I truly, truly apologize. 
um, but I should never have said something that was that hurtful. Now, notice my tone, because tone is going to be really, really important. Um, so I think that, um, you know, that should be the immediate kind of thing that you say. What I always tell my clients, but this is hard to remember, if you can somehow say there's a part of me that, you know, I'm so upset right now that there's a part of me that feels like, you know, I wish I'd never married you. But the rest of me realizes that, you know, of course I'm happy I married you. Or um, there's a part of me that's so angry at you right now that I feel like, you know, you ruined my life. But of course I realize that that's, you know, how I'm feeling at this moment. So you don't make it a, you know, total situation. Um, but again, you've got to be thinking in order to make that kind of a statement. So the next best situation would be in apologizing, saying, you know, look, I'm not going to deny I'm really upset and I really lost my cool there. And I guess, you know, if it came out of my mouth, that there is a piece of me that, that feels that way. But, but as I, you know, step back and take a breath and look at the whole situation, of course I want to be married to you. It's just that at this moment, I was really upset. And so, you know, a part of me, you know, is just feeling really, you know, like I didn't really want to be married to you. But of course I want to be married to you. So, so, uh, in, in admitting that there is a piece of you that, you know, doesn't want to be married to somebody, does that chip away at the security of the bond where you think like, oh, so there is, there's one piece, is there going to be a second piece next week and a third piece the week after that? I think if we're going to be really honest, mm -hmm. the majority of couples at times feels like, oh, <laughs> why am I married to you? And so if we are really honest, then we could say, yeah, I get that feeling. I feel that way sometimes about you also, but I would never say it, okay? Because I realize that, you know, it's a temporary thing. And then you could say, you're right. What I said was very hurtful and I should have, you know, thought more carefully about what came out of my mouth. Because, I, you know, no marriage is perfect. I, I would find it really hard to believe that there aren't times that everybody in a marriage doesn't say, oh, what am I doing with this person? Or what was I thinking? Or, you know, something negative along those lines. But what most of us know is that it passes. Okay, I'm... <laughs> You're going to play devil's advocate? I am going to fight back on this a little bit, yeah. Okay, uh, you're going to tell me you've never, never felt, never, never, not one time, no, not really, e not even close, no. And and, uh, I, no, not even. I, I was trying to think. I was trying to even give like a softer version of that. Like, I just need some time, and I haven't even gotten to that point. And huh. my wife and I have been together, uh, almost twenty years. Well, good for you. That's amazing. I, I mean, I'm not That's trying really to. Yeah, no, 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 no. That's really amazing. Uh, thank you. Uh, but part of it is I can I can understand how somebody might think, 
um, how they might think I need some space. I can get that part of it because mm-hmm. um, I have had that feeling with other people where I know this, I don't, it's not like I don't want to be friends with you or it's not like I can't handle a, a family member or something like that and want to disown them or anything of that nature, which is mm-hmm. technically what like a divorce is, not, mm-hmm. not a disowning, I, you know, but that, that permanent separation. Um, but wanting space, I get, I get that and I can identify with that. Um, but the, but the feeling of, I don't know why I married this person. Mm-hmm. I, I have a hard time with that one. Well, good for you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, that's really that's really good. That's really terrific. Well, thanks. <laughs> um, so, so, but but you but you don't agree. You think most pe- you think I'm an anomaly in this scenario. Well, I'm going to invite the listeners to write in. Okay. And see if what they say have they at any point felt like, uh, what am I doing? you know, being married, Mm -hmm. knowing that, you know, it's a temporary feeling, but have they felt that way? Or, you know, am I just seeing a very skewed population that um, come into me because they're troubled? And so therefore, I am not really getting an accurate view Mm. of what the situation is. That's actually a really good point. That's very good self-awareness, I think. Not not that I'm right and you're wrong or vice versa, but I uh, I I uh, had a realization a long time ago when I was a kid, uh, maybe a teenager. My parents both civil servants, um, and uh, they dealt with let's just say some unsavory mm-hmm. portions of the citizenry, right? And I saw how it how it warped and manipulated their point of view on the world, mm-hmm. and I knew I didn't want to get into their business um, specifically because I didn't like how it. I witnessed it change their personality throughout my childhood, mm-hmm. um, and I, I think that is part of. Uh, I don't know. I just, I just, I just really appreciate that because I don't hear a lot of people acknowledge the fact that their point of view might not be the full point of view and, I, and by the way I'm the same way right like I I look at everything through these like unicorn rainbow glasses and uh, I might be totally off and thinking things are better than they may be or whatever too so um, I think it's good to have that feedback okay you know um, so listeners uh, give us in some form, whether it's through a tweet or through Facebook or, you know, some other matter. Let us know uh, whether you have felt at times like, oh, my God, you know, why am I married to this person? Or whether, in fact, you are more on the side with Steve and that's just never really occurred to you. Yeah, that'll be very interesting. I wonder, too, if it's um, if it's different now because people are marrying later. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you, we we've had these conversations before about the the changing trends of marriage themselves, and and you know, and establishing careers and all that other stuff. And and not that people before didn't marry for love, but um, I think some of the hardships that couples go through and the maturity phase that they go yes. through, uh-huh. they might have passed some of those hard points 
before they actually tied the knot. Right, right. Um, so that might, I don't know, maybe that plays a bit, a bit of role too. Perhaps. Know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Let, let's move on. So, um, so if you, if you were the one that, uh, the person in this um, exchange who received that statement, Mm-hmm. Um, what what should you do and how should you process that information? Should you bring it up to them and, and say, you know, what you said to me cut deep and I don't yeah. know how I'm going to forget it? Yeah, well, yeah. You know, um, I, I would hope that the person who said it owns it fairly quickly and apologizes. But if not, then yeah, I think that you do have to let the other person know that, you know, you may have been angry. You know, you may have been su- upset, um, but the words that you used were extremely hurtful, and I'm having a hard time, you know, dealing with them. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and so, what should the couple do or keep in mind when they do try to come back together after su- an incident like this did take place? Well, I think, you know, you in any kind of discussion you want to feel like you can hear each other's feelings you know your emotions underneath how how it made you feel um you know for some someone it may be for some people it might be well you know very often i feel like you say things without really thinking about what you say uh for somebody else it may be you know when you say something like that it makes me feel uh very insecure um, the words that you use make me feel like um, I, I don't really feel secure going forward. I mean, so you need to talk about what emotions it brought out in you. Um, you know, and the other person might say, well, you know, I was just angry and, you know, people don't mean things when they're angry. They're just saying it. Um, but I think that at that point, it's very important, to, even though obviously it could lead to a lot of insecurity hearing something like that to say I get that I get that you're saying that you didn't mean it but you have to understand that those are very very strong words and now I feel very vulnerable and it's not okay to just think that you can say whatever you want under the uh, umbrella of well I was angry and when you're angry you know you don't really mean what you say because there is a consequence for it. I'm now left feeling insecure or uncertain or whatever. And we need to talk about either why your feelings built up to that extent or, you know, what's going on for you that you feel this strongly. So it's not just the words. You got to get to, again, as I just said a moment ago, what led to that strong an emotion Um, Are there feelings that have been unaddressed that now need to be spoken about? Um, That is really just, you know, the tip of the iceberg, so to speak. Okay. You know, one of the things that I was thinking about with this one, too, is you you can't unring that bell. The the words have come out. Correct. And the person might apologize, and it could be a very sincere apology. Mm Mm-hmm. But that memory's there. That memory has been seared because it was such hurtful language. Um, beyond the apology, 
you know, is there something that the, and this is probably different for everyone, but is there some way that they could rebuild that security or I know you apologized and I hear it. Um, and I, and I do rationally understand that you were angry up at this. We had the conversation about, um, why these frustrations built up and how this exploded. Um, but those things were still said and I don't know how to get that out of my head. Um, I'm, I'm like, as I'm talking this out, like I'm kind of thinking, is this kind of the same process that happens when somebody cheats in a relationship where, yes, I understand there were underlying factors of why you were driven or why you strayed away from our bed and all that stuff. But the act still happened. The words still took place. Are there actions or things that can be done in the future to rebuild that level of security? And we talk about it with cheating that a lot of times things are better after infidelity, not that we're advocating for it, but sometimes they're better because you address things um, that were going unresolved before. Yes. So again, I think that um, just a... First of all, a sincere apology is important, but I think aside from that, it is the hearing of the feelings of the hurt person that's going to heal hmm. or going to help heal. And similar to when there's been an affair, the uh, individual who said the words has to perhaps on several occasions um, say, you know, I really am sorry I said that. I realize now, you know, just how hurtful that really was. Um, you know, maybe not every day, but, mm-hmm. you know, come back to it a couple of times. Um, and I think that um, a lot of this is also going to depend on who the person was that the words were said to, meaning that there are some people who you could say like you know you're just you're a jerk you're you say things and and mm. i know that you know things come out of your mouth and you have the time you don't even know what you're saying and that person's going to heal a lot quicker and then there are some people who have lots of insecurities and who um really have a lot of emotional wounds from their childhood and they're going to have a much harder time getting over something like this. Or, or and, if I may interject, it might also be somebody who had this converse, had this exact same or a very similar conversation in a previous marriage. Correct. This is how the divorce process started. Was I don't, I can't believe I ever married you, or something along those lines. And then, then you know, six months later, they're filing for divorce. Absolutely. Oh, a hundred percent. So I think that there's really going to be. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know why, but this expression just came to my mind. You know, like how a spilled glass of milk. I mean, it's just, it looks like such a little amount of milk in the glass. And then when it spills, it's like unbelievable how it covers the entire floor. There really may have to be a lot of mop up after something like this. So those words came out in maybe 15 seconds and there may have to be a lot of damage repair where the person is really hurting 
And there's going to need to be a lot of reassurance. I really understand how you feel. I know that this is something that you have felt for a long time, or I know that, you know, that this really triggered feelings you had from your last marriage. And to really work then on showing how this really is not the case. Um, So again, unfortunately, we can't give, just do this and it'll all be better because it's going to depend on again, who each person is, what their marriage was like, what their previous history was like. Um, But what we do know is that, um, as you have continued to say throughout this podcast, this is very damaging and um, it really just can't be forgotten. There's got to be uh, time and concern and um, real effort uh, to let the other person know that um, you realize you've said something that really has caused damage. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, the best case scenario would be to deal with your issues so you don't build up to that level of frustration and that you try to breathe and relax a little bit um, before you just let things fall out of your mouth so that you don't get to that point where your emotion is so um, uh, intense that you're, you're truly not thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we agree that um, not leaving this unresolved or just leaving this there and coming back as if it never happened is a, that's a terrible idea. Um, so how long though can something like this stick around in a marriage um assuming that you have made your apologies and had done some work on it and stuff and knowing that this um will vary as we were just talking about depending on the recipient of this and everything else is this something that if attended to appropriately can be not that big of a deal or is this something that is like this this one's going to leave a mark it's going to give a scar to the relationship I, I know you're not going to be happy with me Steve it depends mm-hmm. you know it's the kind of thing that if it's attended to and the person you know who said the thing said these words you know, continues to say, I'm just so sorry. I can't believe I said that to you. I really love you. I care about you and and continues to do that. It probably will heal and it can be okay. But in other cases, five years from now, all of a sudden, like a little cancer cell, the person could turn around and say, I still remember that you once told me that, you know, you weren't sure why you married me. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, it's a hard one. This is a hard one. Okay. No, I, I, I don't mind that response at all. Like it's a, it's a very real response. <laughs> um, is there anything else that you think we should add to this conversation? Well, again, I would really encourage couples two things: to try to talk about things as they come up. A lot of my couples will say to me oh, you know, you'd be so proud of me. I didn't, uh, you know, this bothered me and I didn't bring it up. Um, Or, you know, I let it go. And as we talk, what we uncover is that they didn't really let it go. They just didn't 
open up and talk about it. So what's happening is they're pushing it back down mm-hmm. and then something else happens and then something else happens and then, you know, another thing and then they explode. So if something's bothering you, you're much better off talking about it because then you can get rid of it. It's not going to, you know, sit sit in you. So I would encourage couples to talk about things. Um, and the sooner you talk about it, the better. And at, at that point, when it's a small thing, you can even use humor. You still get the point across, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, so that way it doesn't build. And the other part is, again, if there's something you want to say, I have found it, I, I learned this from my first supervisor, that it is very effective to talk about your parts. You know, a part of me feels this way. Not all of me, mm-hmm. but when I'm upset, there's a part of me that feels this way. And and people can hear that more easily than, you know, a blanket statement, I'm done. Yeah. No, you know, that I, makes yeah, that makes sense yeah. because you're car- uh, compartmentalizing yeah. a little tiny piece of the emotion and giving that person a visual of this is not the whole me, just a tiny right. piece of me right. has these feelings and, you know, I don't want I want it to not even exist, but that piece is there and I want to work on it and I apologize for that 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 piece was the piece that was in front of you at that moment kind of right. thing. Right. Right. Exactly. Okay. Um all right. I think this was a good conversation, Karen. I hope it was helpful. It's because it's a, it, it is something that does happen and can be very destructive. Yeah, no, I it's it's topics like these. Um sometimes you do these big lofty topics or whatever. This is like a very hands in the dirt kind of a topic mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. uh these things happen a lot. Um hopefully not that often, but they do happen and uh hopefully the this very concrete advice uh helps mitigate any damage if you do find yourself in such a situation. Uh, but as Karen mentioned, hopefully you don't get to this point because you're doing all the proper things along the way. So uh, hopefully this podcast was helpful and uh, we're going to do this again soon. So thank you so much, Karen. It's always a pleasure. Thank you, Steve. Okie dokie. Uh, I want to remind everyone that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, who is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. She is the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can get this information at her website, drkarensherman.com. You can also find her on the social platforms. You can find her on our website, hitchedmag.com, along with uh, all the past podcasts. Uh, We have uh, a podcast link on our homepage to check out. You can also subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher if you are listening to this on the website. Uh, It's an easy way to just get the latest uh, episode piped to your smartphone or whatever device you're listening on. Um, And uh, if you want to give us a ranking, we always appreciate that because it helps the discovery process for others. And uh, as Karen mentioned halfway through the show here, uh, give us your feedback. We'd love to hear from you. So if you have any thoughts, ideas about anything that was said during this episode or any of the past episodes, let us know what uh, episode number and what your thoughts are. And we'd love to hear it. You can do that uh, on Twitter, on Facebook. Uh, There is an email link on our podcast page just for that purpose. Uh, So go ahead and fire away. We'd love to hear it. Okay, that's going to do it. One last time. Thank you so much, Karen. Thank you, Steve. All right, that's going to do it. Take care, everybody.
now we know it's go time. And it's about you.